Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to a brand new edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And right now I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone is having a wonderful start to the month of November. It's kind of crazy to think that Halloween's over. First of all, hope everyone had an awesome Halloween too. And also, Thanksgiving's just a few weeks away. But before we even think about any of that stuff, we still have an awesome month of November to get into. There's a lot of movies that are coming out, of course, in this month. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And and a whole lot of awards contenders that I'm going to be getting into later in the show. I'm also going to be talking about some trending trailers that came out for some highly anticipated films, both on streaming and, of course, a big blockbuster set to come out at the end of this year. I'm also going to be getting into the announcement of The Last of Us from HBO finally getting a release date or a premiere date. And it might be a little bit closer than some might be expecting it to be coming out next year in 2023. But the first thing that I do want to start off with by talking about is is getting into what I usually like to do, especially when I do a podcast on Wednesdays, is talking about the latest Disney Plus show that's out right now and kind of reviewing the episodes as they come out weekly. And of course, over the last eight eight weeks or so, it has been the Star Wars show Andor. And this week it was episode nine. And this is a show that... I've been consistently loving from the very, very beginning. To me, it really has not had any speed bumps whatsoever. This has just been such a different, intriguing Star Wars show. And kind of like House of the Dragon a little bit, it reminds me of this is that somehow with each episode, it constantly gets better. And Andor does, again, the exact same thing as I think episode nine just continues to deliver on this uh, amazing story. And I think what this show is a great example of, especially for Disney Plus, is that it's allowing and showcasing how when you have multiple episodes, not just six episodes or even eight episodes, when you have 12 or so episodes to go in a season of TV, it allows for the creatives to have breathing room and do things and evolve characters and story and a lot of tell a proper story, uh, tell a proper meaningful premise that you really want to kind of dive deep into. Now, some shows like The Mandalorian are able to do that within the half an hour, 40 minutes they're able to do with the eight episodes that they're provided. But I think something like Andor, what it's been able to do is you see the evolution of all of these characters and you're able to kind of dissect and go into each and every single one of them and learn things that you didn't really know about them. And there's some great twists and turns, I think, especially within episode nine about certain characters that we meet in previous installments that we didn't know anything about and we get to really kind of learn about them in this episode and then it makes you kind of think back to the previous episodes and what you actually thought you knew about that character is completely different and I credit that to the writing from Tony Gilroy and the writer's room that he again he established for this series and he promised a spy thriller and I think that's exactly what he's been delivering on throughout each and every single week so far and sure I think a lot of people might have criticism that it doesn't feel like Star Wars and this doesn't have certain aspects that we all know and love from a galaxy far far away but I think he gets into kind of the crux 
of what one of the aspects of what inspired George Lucas to do Star Wars and especially back into the original trilogy the reason that there was an empire and a rebellion and he got a lot of his references to World War II and especially for the empire the Nazi regime uh, the Nazi regime in Germany and how that was really kind of a fascist government and I think what Tony Gilroy does and he, he really dives deep into that aspect of that era of Star Wars and really dives into that aspect of the empire and the crushing weight that it has on just regular citizens in the galaxy and the formation of that rebellion and you're starting to see that kind of come through and the character development of of people like Cassian and Luthen how you don't really know what side he's kind of really on and then same thing with kind of Mon Mothma in the the beginning of the evolution that we know her to be by the time we get to episode 6 or even into Rogue One we're starting to see that development happen in the origins of all these characters and when you again have all these episodes to allow that kind of evolution to happen you it's a slow progression but i think this makes for in the end what's going to be a great binge i can't wait for when this show ends i'm really excited to actually go back and watch every single episode and really get the full arc that tony gilroy intended for this show to really kind of have and even though it might be a slow burn i think it's a great actual slow progression to where we get these characters by the time we get to Rogue One. Now, there's still a second season to go, and we don't know what is going to happen along the journey, but so far, I love everything about this. The whole prison aspect, I think, again, really hones in on that fascism regime element and and really kind of subjecting people to these kind of harsh realities in a way, and I think it just, it's a great, again, leaping off point to the the face of rebellion, And, and so I'm really excited for people to see what happens in episode 10, not to give anything away, but I was able to get screeners for episode 9 for episode 10 and so I was able to kind of see this mini arc come to a conclusion and I really do think people are going to love what happens in episode 10 and I think for me this arc from episode 8 to 10 is the best one that they have developed so far and I'm excited to see where the season ends from here but this has been a great progression for this show for Star Wars again I know it's not for everybody but I think this is the kind of show that needed to happen for Star Wars and I think it deals in elements of science fiction that are grounded and you can have grounded sci-fi there it's pl- there's plenty of that out there and i think this just does a great job of, of still honing in on the elements of star wars but doing something different and, and i think that needed to happen within the star wars universe i think even though I, I enjoyed aspects of obi-wan kenobi and enjoyed aspects of the book of boba fett it it didn't feel like anything new it, it felt like star wars television whereas this is star wars tv but then the kind of grand scope and scheme that we see on television shows like like Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, and House of the Dragon, and The Last of Us, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It, it, it hones in on that kind of prestige television that I always thought Star Wars could aspire to get to. And sure, The Mandalorian has been great, and that's been great for Star Wars and for TV, and it has some great elements of connection, and, and it does its own thing, but I think it, it was missing some aspects to it that I think are in Andor, and I want to see more shows like this created from creators that 
that can allow for the greater expansion of the Star Wars universe, but also at the same time telling these stories. So it might lack some action and some really kind of of momentum building, but the way that Tony Gilroy has been able to establish this, bringing on the kind of thriller spy elements, which I love that genre, and incorporating them into Star Wars, that has just been such a great development to see. And I'm excited to see what everyone thinks of episode 10, and I'm excited to see what happens in the final few episodes of season one of Andor. So if you have seen this episode, what did you guys think about episode nine of Andor? Let me know what you think down below and leave your thoughts down in the comment section of the podcast. Now I want to move in from away from the reviews and over to the news section of the podcast today. And the one big casting announcement that I wanted to talk about that happened earlier in the week was, again, focusing on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this is one that was kind of rumored for a little bit, but sometimes with rumors, you have to take it with a grain of salt and wait for some of the more bigger traits to kind of come out with it and confirm them that have a more consistent kind of of track record in confirming these news stories. And that's the case that happened with the casting of Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who if you've seen Aquaman, he plays the Black Manta, or of course, I think what he's really well known for is in Watchmen playing Dr. Manhattan or The Trial of Chicago 7, or of course, what he did last year in Candyman. He is such a beloved, great actor, and he's going into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and going transitioning over from DC into the MCU playing Wonder Man, which has kind of been in development for the last year or so as a Disney Plus show for the MCU. It's being produced and directed at least for an episode or two by Dustin Daniel Cretton, who of course did a great job on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and is taking on the mantle of the first of what will be two Avengers films to close out the multiverse saga and Avengers Kang Dynasty. So this guy has a lot on his plate right now, but this is one of the main focuses that he's working on at the moment. It was also announced earlier, too, that Ben Kingsley, who, of course, played Trevor Slattery in, and also a, a ripoff of, of the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 and then reprise of the role in Shang-Chi, is set to come back in this show as well. And basically, for people who don't know the Wonder Man comic book, from what I gauge about it, is that... And it's basically a stuntman in the world of Hollywood who gains superpowers. And that's basically the gist of what I've gathered from Wonder Man. And having Ben Kingsley in there, who, as Trevor Slattery, is kind of this, who thinks he's this Shakespearean kind of actor, makes sense to have him in this show. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Dustin Daniel Creighton, his writing staff, the producers, the directors, all tackle Hollywood in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think that's going to be really interesting to see how all that plays out and I think when it comes to the casting it's another knockout home run I mean when you get people like Jonathan Majors when you get people such as again Tom Hiddleston or legends such as Samuel Jackson or you get Robert Redford in in Captain America the Winter Soldier you have a track record at that point and I think when you get somebody who is an established rising not really a rising star he is a star and and I think he's on the verge of superstardom in Yahya Abdul-Mateen I think it's a great move for them, and I'm sure this is, again, like they have done with a lot of the Disney Plus shows, this is just the first step in what will be a bigger role for him moving forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And one of the things about Marvel that they really have done in their Disney Plus shows is expand and try different things that they hadn't really done before. And I think this year is a perfect example of that when you see what they did with She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, or Miss Marvel, that it might have been tough to sell 
on the big screen and then transitioning if there's success over from the small screen to the big screen. I think the, the exact same thing could potentially happen with Wonder Man as well. So I'm really excited about this. I like the casting. I'm excited to see who else kind of fills out the supporting roles for this show. I'm going to be very interested to see who else they get to direct this series since, again, Dustin, Dustin Daniel Creighton is going to be very busy moving forward with not just this, but also whatever role he has in making a Shang-Chi sequel and also, of course, taking on the mantle of an Avengers film. And it's going to be the first Avengers film since the success of Endgame back in 2019 when this film comes out in the summertime of 2025. So there's a lot riding on this guy's shoulders, but I think he is one of the people that Marvel trusts to take on all these different aspects. And I think he's going to do it really, really, really well. So great casting. I'm excited to see where this project goes moving forward in the future and wonder, is this going to be said before the events of Avengers Kang Dynasty or in the middle of Avengers Secret Wars? Is this going to be part of the multiverse saga or is this going to be something that is developed for a post-multiverse and for the next few phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe after Avengers Secret War. So a lot of questions surrounding this show and we'll see where it goes moving forward in the future. Now to move on to some trending trailers that actually came out earlier today, Wednesday, November 2nd, and they're for two of some highly anticipated movies that are set to be coming out over the next couple of weeks. The first one is one that's going to be on streaming and a limited engagement in theaters, and then I'll get to the big one at the very end. But the first one is for a film called Spirited, which is directed by Sean Anderson and stars two megawatts in Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell, and of course, the immaculate, the amazing Octavia Spencer is an Academy Award winner as well. And basically, the basic premise for this one is it's basically a new reimaginative take on A Christmas Carol. And it's basically that story with a twist with two or three major stars in the leading roles for this film. And it seems like it's going to be more of a of a, a holiday musical than than a, and, and mixture with a comedy in there as well. And I think when it comes to films like this, it's always a question of do we actually need a new take or a new twist on a beloved story. And A Christmas Carol has been done so many times throughout the the decades, really, that who needs another installment of this? But if you can make it fun and interesting and exciting with the megawatt of the marquees of these big names on the posters and in the trailers, then maybe you might have something. And it's also the fact that this is going to be on streaming, even though it's going to have, again, a limited engagement in theaters, getting people to watch this on Apple TV+, Plus, which is going to be set to hit on streaming on November 18th, maybe you get some people to watch this film. And the trailers for it, the trailer for it, I should say, looked fun. It looked interesting. Again, I do like that it's a another take on this where you get to see kind of the inner workings of the ghost and that it's not just focusing on the kind of Scrooge character that Ryan Reynolds is playing. I like the chemistry between Reynolds and Will Ferrell. I think both of them are great comedians. And I, I'm, I'm really, I'm intrigued by it. Is it, does it get my excitement antenna going? No. But I think, again, when it comes to the holiday films, 
you can't really beat them. And usually around the holiday times, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, there's just something about this time of year, Thanksgiving right around the corner now, that's kind of the prelude to all these holiday festivities. It just, there's a feeling in the air and you usually have films that you watch that get you into the holiday spirit. And I'm not saying this is going to be one of those, but it could potentially be a film that, again, maybe isn't the best film, but it's enjoyable maybe. And people might get some fun out of it. And it's got some really cool actors that are a part of it. So maybe it can do something. Am I holding my breath over it? Not not at all. Again, it's it's tough to do these films when you have other classics that, out there that did it before you that are probably a little bit better. So we'll see where this one goes. I can't blame Apple TV Plus on picking this one up and doing something with it. They, I think one thing that they've been lacking with their streaming service is having a big blockbuster movie. Now, they've had prestigious movies like Coda, of course, came out last year, which earned them the Academy Award for Best Picture earlier this year. And they've had some big, big shows like The Morning Show, Dickinson for All Mankind, C, and they have some new things coming out as well. But they don't have that big, splashy film that Netflix usually does or Disney+. Plus. So I think they're looking for that right now. And I think the one that they're hoping for that hits during the holiday time is Spirited. So again, we'll see how this one does when it comes out but the one that everyone's going to be focusing on this holiday season after Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out is of course the follow-up to the biggest hit in box office history of all time in Avatars of course the sequel to that film years if not now decades a decade plus in the making is the sequel to that hit film from 2009 in Avatar The Way of Water now we got a teaser trailer for it earlier in the year around the beginning of the summer movie season when CinemaCon came out, then it was attached for everybody to see when Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness hit theaters in May. Since then, we've got some news about it. There's been some scene details coming out from when it hit D23 in early September, but we really haven't gotten a second or really a first full trailer for the film. And now with the thanks of an exclusive reveal from Good Morning America... We now have the next trailer for this film, and I gotta say, I I enjoyed it for, for what it was, and I'm excited to see this next week when Black Panther Wakanda Forever hits theaters on the big screen. Again, I'm not seeing the movie yet, but I'm excited to see a trailer like this on the biggest screen possible, because you know Cameron wants even a trailer to have that kind of cinematic experience when watching, And but just watching on my laptop, it looks, you can't deny, it looks gorgeous. And you're just, you're in awe of what this man is and, and his entire cast and crew are able to accomplish on a visual level. I mean, it's, you just think about it. It's something that is set within a studio, really. And all of it is computer animated for the most part. You have motion capture technology for the actors to utilize. And it just looks fluid. And again, it seems like the underwater aspect is really kind of the the hook when it comes to the technology because we've seen motion capture captured done since Avatar and I think people like Andy Serkis have done a great job mastering it. We've seen certain films kind of take on the the virtual reality world. Favreau has done it a bunch of times with The Lion King and Jungle Book over the last couple of years. So people have evolved the technology, but what is the master himself in technological directing and movie making going to do with this one? And again, the underwater seascape is I think going to be the marvel of this movie. And just looking at some of the snippets we get in 
this trailer, it looks, again, immaculate. And he knows what he's doing. And again, there's the old saying, you don't bet against Cameron, especially as a director. The guy has never failed in the decades that he has done this this job in making movies and wowing audiences with creative and technical endeavors that we have never really truly seen before. And what I'm really interested in seeing with this one I really liked in the trailer was incorporating motion capture technology in different kinds of ways. And I'm very curious to see how somebody like Sigourney Weaver, who that was one of the biggest questions years ago when it was announced that she was going to be coming back to to the world of Pandora in some kind of a way. And over the last couple months, we found out that she's going to be playing one of the daughters to Jake and Natiri, who are going to be once again played by Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana. And that's, that's a very interesting new challenge for an actor to even do, especially even on the level of Sigourney Weaver, who was a legendary performer in her own right, and to take on that kind of new role of a older woman, an older person playing a young teenager is interesting. And the way that we saw it in the trailer, I really liked it, and it was I wasn't really kind of taken out of what I saw in the little snippets that I got. And so to see, I'm excited to see that in its full entirety, and that could be another way that motion capture has changed that anybody can play any kind of actors if given if you want to play aliens or creatures that you don't really get to see their faces and if you're able to pull it off it could be a marvel and and a wonderment and i'm really excited to see how that is kind of utilized um this looks epic in every way possible and so i i was sold on on the trailer and i'm really really excited for this film i can't believe that it's legit. I can't believe that it's actually coming out in a little over a month and that the press is starting to roll out slowly for this film and we're, it's actually going to be hitting theaters soon and what seemed like a pipe dream when I was in high school, even middle school, let alone that this film is even going to actually happen and it was supposed to come out when I graduated high school in 2015. It was supposed to come out when I graduated in college in 2019, 2020 and it didn't happen and now we're finally getting it to come out in 2022 so it's been a roller coaster and it's not going to be slowing down anytime soon we're just getting started with the avatar train as it is set to come out on december 16th and the big question of course is when this film's tickets are going to come on sale and it's going to become a question of what the box office is going to look like and it's going to be very interesting very very interesting and i'll get a little bit later on i'll get into what i think is going to be happening with the box office for Avatar The Way, to, the, the way of Water in the, the coming weeks of what the box office trajectory could potentially look like. So what did you guys think about the trailers for Spirited and Avatar The Way of Water? Were you impressed by The Way of Water trailer? I'm really curious to what you guys think about the latest from the world of Pandora. And then the final bit of movie news that I want to talk about on the podcast today before going into the November preview is getting into the surprise yet unsurprising announcement of The Last of Us's premiere date as it was leaked a couple days ago from an HBO Max site I think it was an international site that The Last of Us will be hitting HBO, HBO Max 
on Sunday, January 15th of 2023. Now, it was no surprise that The Last of Us was going to be premiering next year as it was included in a package and uh, in, in kind of a montage that HBO likes to put out before every big release. And they did it before House of the Dragon where they kind of set the tone for what their next couple of big TV shows are going to be. And it was always a big question of when is The Last of Us going to premiere? Is it going to be in the summer? Is it going to be kind of the same time that HBO put out House of the Dragon where it was in the late summer, early fall window? Is it going to be in spring? But HBO decided to go, and I and I, what I think is kind of a surprising route, and put this out early in the year. Now, when you first think about this, you think and wonder, is this going to be something that maybe they, again, put out in, in the summertime? And they did this a little bit with Peacemaker early in 2022. And I just think for HBO, maybe they want to get ahead of this. Maybe they want to keep their subscriber number for House of the Dragon, like they or rather what they did kind of in keeping that number going and, and keeping people anticipated, keeping them on the platform. So it's going to be very interesting to see where they go from um, from here, and but I'm really excited about this show. I think it's a again a surprise announcement uh, in terms of the release date, but I do think that they again want to keep this number going. And I think for The Last of Us, it looks interesting. It's their biggest project that they're coming out with next year, so I think they want to keep that momentum going. And the trailers have looked amazing. I love the video game. I love the story that the video game gives us. Where I don't think there's been anything like it before in the history. of of, of gaming really where it's this great story of a surrogate father a surrogate daughter kind of going on this cross-country journey in a post-apocalyptic world and I, I'm really excited to see what Pedro Pascal does Bella Ramsey so I'm really really looking looking forward to see what Craig Mazin who did a great job on Chernobyl does with this show so what do you guys think about HBO coming out with The Last of Us on January 15th let me know what you think down below and leave your thoughts and the final thing that I want to go over on the podcast today is of course going over the month of November and talking about some of the films that I'm really looking forward to that are coming out in the second to last month of 2022 and there are a few films that I think when you look at the whole calendar of this year even when you go back in this moment and look back maybe other than May or even June I don't think there's been a busier month this year than November even not and even December isn't I think as as jam packed as this upcoming month is going to be and, and there's there's a lot of great stuff to look forward to, but I'm just going to kind of give my most anticipated films coming out this November that you should really kind of, of check out, and they're in no specific order that I'm going to kind of be labeling out them out into. Now, some of them are going to be wide release films that are set to come out, and some of them are going to be more limited release films starting in November. But over the the coming months, especially during the awards conversation, we'll be getting getting wider releases and make their way into other markets around the country and around the world. So to kind of kick it all off, of course, the big one that everyone's looking forward to. It's the biggest, one of the biggest films, most most anticipated films of the year, arguably the most anticipated film of the fall uh, of November. And that, of course, is the latest from the MCU and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, written, directed, or co-written, and of course, directed by the one and only Ryan Coogler, stars Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Danny, uh, Danai Guerrera, Winston Duke, Dominique Thorne, Michaela Cole, 
Tana Cotareta, Martin Freeman, and Angela Bassett. A great lineup of incredible people working on this film. And it just had its premiere last week. It's getting rave reviews. And of course, this one is going to have the eyeballs of not just being one of the most successful films of all time, but of course, it's passing of the late, great Chadwick Boseman, who is the leader as T'Challa and taking on the mantle of Black Panther. But the trailers for this one have looked incredible, epic. I love what Ryan Coogler has done in his career so far. He has not missed. He, he basically has followed the career trajectory of Denis Villeneuve, where every single film he works on basically is a strike of gold. And that has happened for Ryan Coogler in the five films that he has worked on between Fruitvale Station, Creed, Black Panther. I'm sorry, four films that he's worked on and Black Panther were kind of forever being that fourth film. So the reviews have been great. I'm looking forward to this one. Cannot wait when it comes out next week. Another one that I'm really looking forward to is coming out that same weekend in, in limited release, and that is, of course, The Fablemans, which is directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Tony Kushner, and also co-written by Steven Spielberg as well. Spielberg's coming off of what I think is, is the best film of 2021 and West Side Story in The Fablemans. It seems like he's following that up in a great way, basically telling his own story in a kind of biopic version that we've seen in films such as Roma or even last year's Belfast with Kenneth Branagh and it's basically kind of telling the story of a young kid who grew up in a family and wanted to become a filmmaker and it looks like it's right up my alley I was just watching the trailer I was getting emotional watching it and I love the work that Steven Spielberg does and it seems like this one could be a true front runner of not just getting nominated for a bunch of Oscars but potentially winning some major major awards come Oscar night next year. So I'm really looking forward to that film. Love the trailer. It stars Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Gabriel LaBelle, and Judd Hirsch. So that one I'm really looking forward to as well. Then kind of going down the list of other films that are coming out, The Menu is one that I'm really looking forward to. It stars Mark Malloyd, and it's it or it's directed by Mark Malloyd, and it stars Ray Fiennes, Ani Chela-Joy, and Nicholas Holt. And it's basically about the these two people that go onto this Island and there's this kind of well-renowned chef, and it seems like this it's this kind of it, this, this this dark comedy horror film that looks really really cool. I'm a big fan, of course, of Annie Taylor Joy. She's one of my favorite stars and actors working in the game today. So whatever she's in, I'm gonna go see. And the trailers for this one, when I saw them early in the year, looked really really cool. So this is one that I'm definitely looking forward to as well. And then kind of moving down the list, the, um, I we have She Said, which stars Zoe Kravitz, or not Zoe Kravitz, it stars Zoe Kazan, and it stars Carrie Mulligan, and it's basically about the true story about these two reporters from the New York Times, two female reporters, who basically were the ones that cracked open the floodgates of the Harvey Weinstein scandal, and basically were the kind of, it was the, 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 the breaking of the dam that rose up to the Time's Up and Me Too movie movements that we've seen over the last couple years and kind of the reckoning that not just Hollywood, but the whole world has really faced since that scandal first broke out. So this one very much has kind of a spotlight, all the president's men kind of feeling to it. I love these kinds of films, even though the story is one that is still seeped into a lot of people's minds and they know the story very well. and It's only recent. I still think this is one that will play very, very well. And I'm excited to see what kind of awards attention this one could get down the line. Another one is one that's coming out the same week 
weekend, November 18th. And then it's one more of a genre film, and it's called Bones and All. It's directed by Luca, Luca Guadamino, who did films such as Call Me By Your Name. And it stars, of course, Timothy Chalamet. It stars a new up-and-comer in Taylor Russell. If you listened to our interview a few months ago in, in early September, when I had Eric Davis on, who was the managing editor over at Fandango and Rotten Tomatoes, he was one that when it talked about rising stars to look out for, Taylor Russell was one of those people. And the reasoning for that, for what he was going to experience and see with Bones and all. And it's basically a a love story between uh, two people in Marianne and Lee, who are again played by Russell and Chalamet, as they embark on a road trip across Reagan era America. And it's basically the, the twist of it is that they're cannibals, basically. And it's this kind of love story horror film, coming of age rom-com horror movie that Luca has kind of whipped up for us this time around. I've heard great things about this film. I'm excited to see it. And I think this is one that you should definitely give a look out for. The trailers have looked really interesting. So I'm definitely looking forward to that film. And then two other films that are coming out later in the month that I'm really, really excited about are around the Thanksgiving holiday week. And that is going to be Devotion, which stars Jonathan Majors, who's going to have a great year next year in 2023 so this is a great prelude into what we're going to get with him next year and of course one of the main stars of Top Gun Maverick earlier this year in Glenn Powell it's basically Top Gun Maverick 2.0 in the sense that it is a fighter pilot movie but it's more about the relationship between these two men in the the U.S. Navy and they're kind of these elite fighter pilots who become wingmen during the Korean War and so I think if you're a fan of Top Gun Maverick and what they were able to utilize in that movie Again, this is a totally different movie, but I think it, it, it incorporates some of those aspects of the aerial sequences, some really good character development. So I really like the trailers that came out, and it's one that I'm really interested in seeing on Thanksgiving weekend, specifically November 23rd. And then the final film that I'm looking forward to, and while it's not hitting Netflix until December, around the Christmas time of, of, of this year, it is coming in theaters to around 600 theaters in, or 600 different markets or so, or actually not not markets, but 600 theaters in the United States are on November 23rd for a whole week. And that is, of course, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. I absolutely love the first Knives Out film. It was one of my favorite films of 2019. I'm one of those people that thinks that Knives Out, the first one, is a is one of those films, especially during the Thanksgiving time, that is one that you have to watch around this time of year. And I'm going to be doing that in the next couple of weeks. And I'm really excited to add Glass Onion to that list as well. Love what Daniel Craig was able to do in the role of Ben Block. I love what Ryan Johnson has been able to create for himself. I think especially after all the backlash he received with Star Wars The Last Jedi, I think with Knives Out, he was able to really kind of show people the gifts that he has as both a writer and director. And I think the reception was clearly more receptive in that light. So I'm excited to see what he does in Glass Onion. It premiered on the festival circuit, specifically on the TIFF circuit during festival season earlier in September to raise reviews, even some bet thinking it's better than the first film, which is a tall order for me at least. And so I'm really excited to see what he's able to do with this film. He has another great A-list cast to go alongside him and Daniel Craig and Edward Norton, Janelle Monae, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Kate Hudson, and Dave Bautista. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing this film. I really enjoy the trailers. It has that same kind of spirit as the first film did. And I love, again, it follows that kind of Ag- Agatha Christie 
lineage of that. It's basically an anthology film, and it's really the only consistent element to it is that the detective is the same in each of those installments. So I'm really looking forward to this film and one that I think people should be checking out and checking out in theaters if you want to go check it out in theaters. It's not. It's going to be in, in your AMC. It's going to be at your Regal. So whatever your local aim, uh, your local theater is, make sure to try to see if Knives Out or Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery is playing there. And if you want to wait, it's going to it'll definitely be coming out on Netflix in December. But again, if you want to see it in theaters, as I think it's the way it should be seen, it's not just playing at the Paris Theater in New York or some theater in LA and nowhere else in the country or the world. It is playing in different markets around the United States around Thanksgiving week. So definitely be on the lookout for that one on November 23rd. But those are the films that I'm really looking forward to and I think you should be on the lookout for this November. Again, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, The Fablemans. You also, again, have... The Menu, She Said, Bones and All coming out November 28th. And then on November 23rd for, again, Thanksgiving week, Glass Onion and Ives Out Mystery and Devotion. So which ones are you looking forward to in the month of November? Let me know what you think down below and leave your thoughts. But with that down and out of the way, that will do it for this edition of the San Vicel Podcast. Once again, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in on to the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on here, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source of what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also, make sure to check out Goal Driven Professionals, Year Toward Improving Client Relations, Return on Investment, and Customer Acquisition Costs for Independent Businesses and Services. Also, make sure to check out The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson, give you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. Also, along the way, make sure to check out these other amazing shows on the podcast solutions, such as Wrestle Attic Radio, WrestleMania Podcast and midnight showing. You can check these out and so much more on the website, ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, also on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, when you get a chance, make sure to follow me on social media. Find me on Twitter at Pacel Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. And also on Facebook at Sam Bissell. Once again, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, keep on screening.